0: My still fuck with the beats, still not loving police. Perfect. Still rock my khakis with a cuff and a crease. Sure. Still got love for the streets, reppin' two one three. Perfect. Still the beats bang, still doing my thing. Since I left, ain't too much change. Still, still I'm, representing I'm representing for them gangsters all across the world. Still, hitting him pounders in the low Still, still yeah. taking my time to perfect the beat. And I still got love for the streets. It's the Still, D- I'm representing I'm for the gangsters all across the world. Still It's the, so it's the last time you heard from me, I lost some friends. Well, hell. me and Snoop, we dipping again. The All right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. I'm going to be getting into a few different things tonight. I did want to cover the Super Bowl, uh, get my thoughts on it, uh, give my initial thoughts for at least as of right now uh, on where each of the two teams are going to be headed in terms of the future. And um, once we get past that, I wanted to get deep into some college basketball. Of course, it's a new week. I wanted to go over the new top 25. Uh, We are going to be going over the scores from over the weekend and from tonight. And then I also wanted to uh, get into the conference standings as well because we have a few more games left this week. Um, I want to say we're, I think we're maybe two weeks away from the end, at least of the regular season. So we are getting there. Uh, I wanted to get all that out the way. Of course, uh, we'll be breaking down projected brackets as well to or you know, kind of what I've, what I can, uh, what I can get from, uh, get from, of course, uh, my sources. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to, like I said, tonight, we're going to start off, but, of course, the top 25, we're going to get through some conference standings. And, of course, as we go on in the week, we're going to get more geared towards, uh, of course, March Madness. And maybe even before that, uh, just uh, conference tournaments. Because, again, uh, you know, when it's all and done at the end of the regular season, that's when we'll have our regular season champions anyways for each conference. So we'll get a good idea of who's what, of who's who, uh, where they're at in terms of their conference and then again, like I said, later on in the week we'll get into how everything is projecting in terms of this tournament and of course nationwide. And um, I wanted to wrap everything up with a very interesting story that I come uh, that I came across re- uh, regarding yours truly, Dave Chappelle. So um, it's gonna it's gonna be a very interesting night. Like I said, we're gonna do a deep dive into some college basketball. Just some just talk about the Super Bowl for a little bit and then. Uh, you know what it do. And I got so much on the, on the palette right now in terms of other projects, of course, where I'm currently working on the, the history of Oregon football. Um, I'm also working on uh, just my thoughts, another video just on my thoughts about the whole, you know, um, CJ McCollum trade. And, you know, I guess the future of the Portland Trail Blazers. So a lot to get into. Um, I'm just going to be busy. Of course, I'll be working five days a week now. So, um, you know, just uh, do what you can to support, and when I drop everything, you know, I'm going to drop everything. And so, uh, we're just going to get right into it, of course, like I said, with the Super Bowl. And the Rams, yep, they uh, they get the job done. 23-20 uh, is the final score against the Bengals, of course. Uh, I was going for the Bengals, but it was too late. Should have been rolling with them the whole time. I feel bad for my buddy Joe. But he didn't do so bad. 20, 22 or 33, 263 yards uh, and a touchdown. Really solid performance from him. Uh, you got Joe Minson getting a, a passing touchdown on the trick play. 72 yards on the ground from him. Uh, T. Higgins uh, really showed up with four catches, 100 yards. Uh, he would end up getting two touchdowns. And Jamar Chase uh, will get five catches as well. Uh, I definitely think, uh, you know, the Bengals, you know, Have I think they have enough capabilities and enough talent to score with anybody and to keep up with anybody? Um, I think the biggest thing for them offensively is an offensive line. Um, You know, Joe Burrow has to has to stay upright for this team to really be successful. Um, You know, that's how this game inevitably was won. Uh, Aaron Donald, with two of his sacks, uh, was able to get. get one pretty much on the final drive of the game and it sealed everything and you could you knew what time it was and um you can't be mad at the man you know um uh, but just watching joe play uh, you know he seemed to be pretty solid i mean in again in the beginning he was a little bit jittery uh but i think you know you allow him or you give him some time and that's what happened you give him some time and you know he kind of got into it course this team you know was able to try to you know make a comeback make not a comeback and and, and i mean and all the offensive components were there i mean joe burrow was able to score uh Mixon was able to score in his own way albeit and of course t higgins and the receiving uh core uh, as a whole was there of course uh so again um and we also got defensively uh we have uh we have the team getting two interceptions one of them by chidobe uh, chidobe uh, and of course we have Trey uh, Trey Henderson and a couple other guys uh getting sacks for the Bengals as well. So um you know not a not a bad performance. Um I think you you take away that first quarter, the first couple of drives for Joe Burrow and you get a competent line in here that doesn't give up a sack like that on on that type of a drive with with shit going on. I would have rather I would have rather had seen them go 3 and out um or four and out whatever you know because they're probably not gonna punt it uh with you know with these stakes so i would have rather see the Bengals kind of go out on that drop. not to say that you know again not to take anything away from aaron donald great play i'm just saying but just from you just know if they had a a decent enough o-line it might have been different but you know what i mean shit aaron donald is just a beast it probably wouldn't matter in a game like this (laughs) anyway um Von Miller of course uh for the Rams he was doing his thing defensively he would have two sacks as well offensively of course Matthew Stafford of course under center 26 of 40 283 yards three touchdowns but of course he would throw those two picks again he earned uh his Super Bowl of course we've said all the things about him before uh the narratives of him just you know being a choker or a loser particularly because of you know him being in you know Detroit but um he finally had a good supporting cast, and not just a receiver, not just a decent running back, or again, you know, Hall of Fame receiver. I add, uh, add had that, add that on there because that's what Calvin Johnson was, but more than just a, a you know All Pro Hall of Fame receiver, he had a great defense with at least two hall of famers there as well uh maybe you know you count jalen ramsey at some point or maybe maybe leonard floyd at some point but definitely you got aaron donald and von miller there on That defense, Cooper Cup looking like he's gonna be a great wide receiver eventually, Hall of Famer as well. Uh, we had OBJ doing his thing uh, 52 yards and a touchdown for him. He did go down hurt, uh, but again, uh, he still contributed, was able to score. So, again, you have some things uh, going well for this team uh, that went well for this team uh, throughout the throughout the point uh, throughout every point of the game. I mean. Uh, They seemed to control. No matter how close the score got, and you did see uh, Cincinnati go on their runs. I don't think the Rams looked completely out of the game where they were in jeopardy of just giving up everything and and possibly lose. I just, I just, after a certain while, it just felt like the Rams, regardless, just had that control. And um, you know, this was a situation. You know, as much as I do like Joe, I have nothing against the Rams winning. Um, They were a really They were a smartly constructed team for uh, the situation that they had of not really building through the draft of getting free agents of getting um, different you know pieces there you know via free like i said free agency or trade stuff like that trading draft picks. so there is no capital to build off of for this team in the future they were gonna they were supposed to be a win now type of situation um if you look at it right now just now we're kind of getting into this uh getting into where these teams go from here uh for the rams it's a little bit uh it's a little bit of a question mark at least in my opinion you have Stafford who is getting up there. He's probably going to give you at least three or four more years yet, uh, uh, you know, right now. If you look at the running back position, Cam Akers, you you notice that he really didn't say anything uh, too much about him in this one. He only had 21 yards. If anything, uh, for the run specifically, I see a situation where you definitely will want to upgrade running back. I think you could get some more production from that standpoint, but again, I mean, you're able to, to score with ease, I mean, uh, through the air, and you have these, you have these assets here, particularly with Cooper Cup, um, you know. But I, I still think an upgrade at running back would be beneficial. I don't know how much they can get done. You do have the question of what do we want to do with OBJ? You have the question of do we want to keep Von Miller? And then the big question uh, that we've, you know, pretty much were. Given some type of light into was, uh, Aaron Donald himself, the big sack man. Um, he said that he was, you know, contemplating retirement, and it's. And I don't. Again, again, it's not. I'm not against it in any way. It's just like, damn, you know. Um, you, you get used to watching these players. You grow. Uh, you get an affinity for what they've done, and, and you grow a fondness for them, at least for what they do on the football field. Cause you don't know these people in real life, but you know you 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 watch what they do, and you have a lot of respect for what they do. And when they do walk away, it's like, damn. All right, well, that kind of sucks. You know, even with Tom Brady, of course, there's. You know, I'll never I never will like the Patriots for what happened with the Tuck rule, but you know even even him leaving had me contemplating kind of just reminiscing like damn you know he is going you know um but aaron donald same type of situation here it'll be, it'll be a uh, you know it's a good move from him i'm not going to get into what's in his pocket i don't think that that's necessarily important and um mm. you know people talk about how much he done made in his career the, the bottom line is we know for a fact that he's made generational wealth and that's what that's what counts, uh, What counts you know the question is now it, it, it really ain't none of our business but again i mean if he makes those proper investments what he does with it but you know hey he can do you know whatever he'd like to do he's earned that uh right with just being a human so um whatever you know he does i i tip the cap to him great career uh so many things three-time defensive player of the year rookie uh player uh, sorry defensive rookie of the year so many i think almost like eight uh all pro something like that uh pretty much a pro baller since he's been in the league so you gotta give the man his respect the best to ever do it and for the rams i think that's a big need right there as well a big hole right there um definitely because that's a lot of sacks that he produced that's a lot of defensive uh, prowess that he brought and particularly in the league right now where it is about you know pressuring the quarterback getting to the quarterback Uh, it kind of leaves them uh it it leaves them a little bit vulnerable there but i definitely think they try to hold on to von miller uh, of course probably leonard floyd as well i don't think he's up for any type of contract discussion but If it's coming up anytime soon, I would assume that they would want to keep him. Uh, Those would be their best assets in terms of that, you know, if Aaron Donald should walk away now. But it looks like, I mean, if he's talking about it now, uh, let's say, for instance, he doesn't walk away at this point in this in this season. But it's it's definitely it's fair to say it's definitely going to happen at some point uh, next season, probably. Uh, I wouldn't see it lasting more than one more season if he's already to this point where he's definitely you know considering it and it's you know it makes him feel good particularly what what, what now he's accomplishing, what he was saying going into the game particularly it's like eh, you know it's been a ride you hey, might just have to be time to say goodbye though to this guy and that's that's fine too it'll suck but um it's fine that's fine but thank you for some great solid football Mr. Aaron Donald um Good luck to you with your future endeavors. So, as far as the Rams are concerned, um, I would definitely want to, you know, I, I don't know if they can possibly do that because uh, can do these things because of course, you know, salary cap and I'm, I, I don't know, I don't have all those that all those facts in front of me right now. But just kind of what I can see based on what I what I saw in this game and what I saw through the course of the season with this team, I would say maybe upgrade running back, maybe you draft somebody there since you know you're might be financially strapped uh, same thing with the Aaron Donald thing maybe you kind of draft somebody you build them up um, again I don't know what your salary cap is going to be telling you uh, you know, and as far as OBJ is concerned, maybe you do keep him. Maybe you don't. But maybe you might, you know, get some younger guys at wide receiver too. I don't know how young you want to go. But particularly, I do know one other position that I know I can think of off the top of my head that I know for a fact might be, should be a need at this point, is going to be Andrew Withworth. Uh, nothing against the man, nothing against his skill, but he's getting up there. Uh, he's got to be down near 40. Again, solid starter for many years but again he's going to be at some point you would have to understand that he's going to walk away as well Uh, so maybe you draft for maybe a running back and a left tackle Um, you know uh, again it it all depends on you know just uh, where these players want to go with it but I could see Aaron Donald walking Andrew Whitworth same thing so there's going to be at least a hole on the defensive line and the offensive line I would say that needs an immediate fix that's me as far as the Bengals, we already kind of said it. Uh, definitely offensive line, uh, particularly, in my opinion, left tackle or left guard. Uh, you know, as far as them being able to run the ball, it looks like Joe Mixon. He had a quiet 1,000-yard season, so I think they're solid on that side. Uh, but, you know, maybe a center or something like that. Maybe some just some depth there, you know. Um, so, definitely a, a, a solid tackle. Uh, on the left side you know something on the left side that you need you know to keep again it's about keeping joe burrow upright you don't want to see what happened to him in in his rookie year you don't want him to regress because again he hasn't had the time in the pocket you want to see him there to perform year in and year out and stay relatively consistent so uh for the Bengals, o-line 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 uh as far as anything else that i could see that might be glaring you know maybe maybe safety i mean sorry not safety per se but a uh, cornerback i wanted to say that secondary uh you know maybe secondary maybe safety <laughs> um i do know that not all your corners are great like eli apple we know he's trash uh so i would say maybe there the defensive line in my opinion is solid uh you know with you got sam hubbard on one side i think you got trey henderson on the other they're both getting sacks. I don't see that necessarily, you know, changing. I think that team is, like I said, overall solid. Uh, but maybe you make some uh, upgrades in the in the secondary and definitely on that offensive line, if if I'm Cincinnati. And I think they definitely, that. they're not in the same position as the Rams financially because, again, they got Joe Burrow, you know, Jamar Chase on rookie contracts. So a uh, good part of their team, you know, at least they're off the two most important pieces offensively right now. They don't have to worry about for the next three years. So then get somebody, uh, maybe a couple people for a three to four year run and we can maybe see what's up. So uh good uh good run by the Bengals. Uh even better win by the Rams. It's just what it is. Uh but both teams played well. I'm still gonna be rocking with Joe into the next year. I wish he was a Raiders quarterback. That's how we're gonna say it. I, I nothing against Derek Carr, but I don't know. I I've given him the benefit of the doubt for so many years, but after what I've seen in this playoffs. So I don't know. Alright, you I'm gonna take a quick break and when I come back we going deep into some deep into some college basketball of course. Like I said we have a whole lot to cover there. A new top 25. Let's just leave it at that for now but I'll be right back and uh I hope you guys are enjoying this so far. I'll be right back. I like the way the dribble up and down the court Just like I'm the king of the microphone So it's Dr. J and Moses Malone I like slam dunks and it to the home Let's get into some college basketball. Of course, it's a new week, so that means it's time for a new top twenty-five, and we have a couple new additions uh, to the rankings with a couple more weeks to go uh, in the season. So uh, let's go. Let's get right into it. At number twenty-five, we have Alabama at sixteen and nine. Uh, currently, they are 14th in the nation in scoring with about 80 points per game, a little bit over 80 points per game. They're also 20th in the nation in rebounds and 31st in blocks. So a pretty solid team uh, across the board. Uh, we will get into the conference standings in a second. So we will get a, a bit of a, more, a bit more of an understanding of where they come from, or at least the conference that they come from uh, and what they're all about. So uh, this team is led by uh their guards pretty much so this is a good uh good backcourt for alabama they got this season uh, we have a junior guard here jo- uh, jayton shackleford shackleford excuse me over 17 points again over five assists we also got junior guard javon Quinterly, 13 points and also three rebounds and we have a freshman here uh still a guard at uh Freshman guard here, uh, J.D. Davison. Uh, he was a f- uh, SEC Freshman of the Week last uh, last week. Uh, he had twenty nine points uh, for Bama last week in wins uh, versus Ole Miss uh, and I believe Clemson as well. And um, they uh, they've been on the rise. I think they have about a, they're riding a three game winning streak if I'm not mistaken. Uh, at the most, uh, I think three, maybe four. So. Definitely a team to take a look at, but again they do play kind a competitive conference, so it'll be, it'll be a, you know, it'll be a mission for them, I'll say the least. And we'll again we'll talk more about that in a second. But at number twenty-four we have UConn at seventeen and seven. Uh, we have uh tw- at twenty-three we have Arkansas at nineteen and six. Uh, we have at number twenty-two Wyoming who is currently twenty. 21 and three 25th in the nation in offensive rating at 112 they are also 22nd in the nation in shooting with a shooting at 48 percent as a team uh this team uh offensively of course oh, well, at least is led by graham ek sophomore forward uh, he's averaging 20 points per game also 9.4 rebounds so overnight rebounds we also got hunter maldonado here 19.6 points per game, five rebounds from him, six over six assists. Uh, they this team is riding a six uh, six win, sorry, six game winning streak, and this is the first time they've made it to the top 25 since 2015. So they are balling out. Uh, again, we're going to be discussing all uh, all the teams. Uh, conferences that are in the top 25 so uh, for example we have Alabama here at number 25 we're breaking down the SEC we have Wyoming here we uh, will be breaking down their conference which is the Mountain West so on and so forth of course Arizona's in the Pac-12 so we're talking about the Pac-12 you get the point, and uh, let's move on to number twenty-one. We have Murray State at twenty-four and two. We have Texas here at eighteen and seven. We have at number nineteen uh, Michigan State at eighteen and six. At number eighteen, we have Ohio State. Another Big Ten representative here at 15 and 6. At number 17, we have a West Coast team here, USC at 21 and 4. At number 16, we have Tennessee at 18 and 6. At number 15, we have Wisconsin. Uh, Again, they are 19 and 5. We have Houston here at twenty and four at number fourteen. At number thirteen, we are back to the West Coast with UCLA. They are seventeen and five. At number twelve, we have Illinois here eighteen and six. At number eleven, we have Texas Tech nineteen and six record for them. Villanova nineteen and six uh, as well. Uh, sorry, nineteen and six as well. And we officially cracked the top ten. At number nine, we have. Duke representing the ACC at 21 and 4. We have the Big East in the house. With Providence at number eight, 21 and two, and we're going to go down south to Baylor. They're number seven here, 21 and four. At this point in the year, we have at number six Kansas, 20 and four. At number five, Purdue, more Big Ten, uh, more Big Ten representation here, 22 and f- 22 and four for the Boilermakers. At number four, we have Kentucky here, 21 and four as well. Arizona just two losses on the year. Uh, they are 22 and two at number three. According Auburn they did take a loss we will be talking about that as well they are 23 and 2 of course they're at the number two spot in Gonzaga with Auburn's recent loss moves up to number one they are currently 21 and 2 and of course we'll be breaking down their conference a little bit later Uh, so of course how do we get to this top 25 we'll be going over all the most recent scores at least going back You know, of course, through the weekend and up to tonight, uh, Monday night at least. So when you're listening to this, this is where we at. All right, so let's break down the scores from Saturday. We have Texas A&M. Uh, they get the job done here. Sorry, they take a loss here to Auburn, 58-75. to uh, Texas, uh, they take an L here on the road to Baylor, 63-80 to was that final score. Uh, Texas is currently 18-6. and Again, uh, we have Baylor here at 21-4. and uh, Of course, for Texas, they were led by guard Andrew Jones, 11 points from him. Five players for the Longhorns scoring just eight points. So, not a lot of help uh, for Andrew, unfortunately, on Saturday. Timmy Allen was just able to put up eight points and seven rebounds. That's crazy because in that upset win uh, against Kansas, I believe it was, he had like 35 or something and the game winner. So, this is, he's just fell off the map in this game Uh, Baylor they were led by guard Adam Flagger. he would have uh, 20 points and 3 rebounds guard James Akinjo will get 15 points 7 assists and 6 rebounds and forward Flo Thamba will get you 12 points and 11 rebounds and uh, just takeaways from the game Uh, now Sorry, five players for Baylor will score in double digits. This would include forwards Kendall Brown and Matthew Mayer, both scoring ten points. The team as a whole will shoot fifty percent uh, from the field and will outscore Texas in the first half, forty-four to forty-one. So a big time first half. Uh, they, just, they just use that momentum to ride that wave into the wind. Uh, moving on, we have Kansas getting it done just by two against Oklahoma. Uh, we also got Rutgers here. They get an upset win over Wisconsin Saturday, 73-65. to 65. For Rutgers, of course, Ron Hopper Jr., yes, Ron Hopper from back in the day his son, yes, 21 points from him, 6 rebounds, 2 assists uh, Paul Malaki will get 18 points, 5 assists and 5 rebounds for the Scarlet Knights excuse me, and Geo Baker will get you 16 points and 3 assists for Wisconsin, Tyler Wall will get 23 points, I believe that's a career high for him uh, so far uh, 2 assists and 3 rebounds and Ford Steven Crowd will get you 12, 5, uh, 12, five rebounds also three assists and Jordan Jonathan Davis 11 points and eight rebounds from him. Uh, unfortunately, it just wasn't enough. Rutgers they get it done again against a, a, a Big Ten opponent in the top in the top 25. I'm just saying they need to get some more love committee. I know the, I know you got them in your brackets. I know y'all thinking about putting them in a, in the tournament at least considering it. Y'all should be. Y'all tripping if you're not. Anyways, Memphis they get an upset win on Saturday. I think they've been on the uprise too. Uh, they well they've been, they've been uh what's the word I want to say serious? I ah, fuck it. They're on the rise. Anyways, that didn't come out right the first time. But Memphis is on the rise. Of course, a few weeks back the media wanted to hound head coach. You know, Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway stood up. Like the brother, the real man he is, said, I got it. we going through some issues right now. We got some young folk. I just need some time. And he got the time. He gets a big win here on Saturday over Houston, 69-59. Uh, Memphis is, of course, 14-8. Uh, Memphis is 14-8, excuse me. Of course, Houston, 20-4. Houston had some problems over the course of the weekend. It ain't over for them either in terms of them losing uh, just yet. For Memphis in this game, Lord, uh, Lord, uh, sorry, Landers Nolly will get 20 points, three assists, and two rebounds. Center Jalen Duran will get your 14 points and 11 rebounds. Forward, uh, forward DeAndre Williams and guard Lester Quinones would both get 13 points. Williams would have four assists and three rebounds to his totals. For Houston, uh, Fabian White Jr usually a factor offensively for this for this squad in and, and most every game. Uh, he would get 15 points along with Taze, Mo, uh, Taze Moore. Uh, he would also get four rebounds and Moore would get four assists and also eight rebounds. And guard Jamal Sheed would get 12 points, three assists, and also nine, no, just two rebounds, excuse me, for the Cougars. Um, moving on, again, Saturday is usually the biggest, busiest day of the week for college basketball so it's a lot there with me indiana state sorry indiana uh we'll take an l here to michigan state we got texas tech uh sorry michigan state will get the win 76 to 61 uh number nine well not number nine no more but texas tech will get the dub over tcu uh 82 to 69 82 is the most points that tcu has given up this season not a good look at number five uh, sorry not not number five kentucky Damn it, I don't even have that score here. But Kentucky won against Florida. Sorry, I just don't have Kentucky scored. <laughs> but I just, I just, I just noticed Florida scored fifty-seven. Anyways, we got Murray State. Uh, they take a close win here against uh, one of their in-conference rivals, Morehead State, fifty-seven to fifty-three. Murray State, of course, is twenty-four and two. Morehead State is nineteen and eight. Uh, Murray uh, Murray was led by K.J. Williams at the guard spot, 21 points, 12 rebounds for Justice Hill, uh, 11 points from him, 7 assists, and uh, I think... Uh he would. Get, oh yeah, he would get four rebounds as well. And Carter Collins will get eight points, uh, all for the Murray State Racers. And uh, for Moorhead, uh, they got help from guard Johnny Broom, 14 points from him, 12 rebounds. Jake Wolf will get you uh, 12 points, also two assists and four rebounds. And Trey Howell and Skylar Potter will both get eight points. Um, Uh, eight points for for Moorhead. Uh, Just to take a, well, sorry, to go through a couple takeaways. It was an ugly shooting night uh, on Saturday for Murray State. 35% from the field, 15% from three. Uh, They would control the boards, though. 36 to 27, sorry, 36 to 29 rebound advantage for them. Uh, They also had 14 offensive rebounds. They forced 16 turnovers and outscored Moorhead 33 to 25 in the second half, just to kind of steal this one. Uh, But, uh, don't take anything away from Morehead State; they're actually a pretty decent team. Again, we'll be breaking down this conference a little bit later as well. Uh, but uh, we do have um, some more action here with number eighteen Marquette. Uh, they take a L here to Butler again, seventy nine to eighty five. Definitely an upset. Uh, Marquette, This actually dropped them out of the rankings. Uh, they're currently 16-9, and Butler is now 12-13. and Just a couple takeaways. I don't need to go into this one too much, but Butler would shoot almost 50% from the field, uh, also 46% from three. They would outscore Marquette 42-27 to in the first half. That's crazy because this team is, well, at least Butler is normally a defensive team. So, you know, for them to put up 85 like this, I don't know. This is kind of the, the, new, the new norm for them. Whatever, but uh, they also had five players scoring in double digits, including Bryce Enze uh, with 12 points, nine rebounds, and three assists. Their leading scorer was Bryce Golden, the forward, uh, their forward with 22 points. As for Marquette, they were led—they were led by their forward as well, 27 points and nine rebounds uh moving on you had duke in action on saturday getting the w against boston college 72 to 61 uh we have ohio state getting it done against their rival michigan 68 to 57 uh we have tennessee getting it done against vanderbilt 73 to 64 uh arizona gets the dub against washington uh, 92 to 68 and um Wrapping everything up here for Saturday, we got number twelve UCLA getting the win over number twenty one. No, we have number twenty one USC getting the, getting that win over UCLA, sixty seven to sixty four. Uh. Trojans, of course, twenty-one and four. UCLA at this point, seventeen. I believe seventeen and five. Uh, well, we just we just went through the rankings. You know what the record is. Uh, UCLA was led by Tiger Campbell in this one. I think this is one of his uh, highest scoring points of this season. Twenty-seven uh, highest highest scoring games of the season. Excuse me, twenty-seven points from him. Three. Three assists Johnny Juzang will get you 12 points and two assists and five rebounds. Uh, and for the Trojans that were led by guard Drew Peterson, 27 points from him, four assists, 12 rebounds. Chavez Goodwin and Reese Hunter uh, will both get you 10 points. Chavez Goodwin will get you nine rebounds as well. Uh, a couple takeaways from this one terrible shooting from UCLA, 30% uh, overall from the field. I think it was five, no, three or 13 from the field. Jaime heads will just get you five points and four rebounds. I think that would have been an extra factor that would have helped out uh, UCLA in that one, uh, but it just didn't show up. Rivalry games just tend to go that way. They're just hard to predict, and uh, you don't know uh, you don't know who's going to really come out on top in those ones, uh, not all the time. But uh, finally, we oh, actually the final game for Saturday uh, we got is number 22 St. Mary's. where well, they were ranked at number 22 last week. Uh, that that didn't that didn't, uh, survive, that didn't survive, that Ricky did not survive, excuse me, through the weekend, but they take that L here to Gonzaga, 74 to 58, Gonzaga is just rolling, uh, St. Mary's is 20 and six overall, by the way, but St. Mary's, they were led by guard Tommy Coos he will get 16 points, five assists and five rebounds for it, Matthias Tass will get you 14 points and five rebounds, and, and guard, excuse me, Alice Ducas will get 12 points and 5 rebounds for Gonzaga. Drew Timmy, of course, led the way in terms of points. He got 25, 5 assists and also 8 rebounds. Guard Andrew Nimhard will get 16 points, 7 rebounds, sorry, 7 assists and 8 rebounds. And center Chet Holmgren and guard Julian Swather will both get 11 points. Holmgren would also get 13, uh, 13 rebounds to add to his totals. Uh, as well. Uh, Moving on to Sunday we have number 24 UConn getting it done against St. John's Uh, easy work looks like 63 well not so much easy work 63 to 60 it was a little bit close. Uh, Moving on we have another upset we had Maryland getting it done against Purdue this is why Purdue dropped in the ranking 61 to 62 on Sunday Uh, Maryland is uh, doesn't look so good at 11 and 14 but it definitely looked good on Sunday guard Deron Russell led the way for Maryland 24 points 6 assists and 9 rebounds forward, uh, forward Dante Scott will get 11 points and 5 rebounds and guard Sasha Stavanovich will get 11 points and 4 rebounds and for Purdue uh, forward Trevion Williams got 12 points four, uh, 4 assists and 4 rebounds and guard Jaden uh, Ivey uh, will get 11 points and 3 rebounds uh, not necessarily the greatest, uh, you know, game shooting, shooting-wise for uh, Purdue, and uh, they just got caught up. Unfortunately, it happened to be on the road. As I mean, sorry, at home, so it looks even worse. But it is what it is. A couple of highlights of the week, like we said, uh, we have some highlight, uh, some upsets to talk about. Auburn would suffer another loss earlier in the week on Monday in overtime. On the road to Arkansas, Auburn, Auburn would end up just shooting 37% in that game. Uh, they would go, to, uh, sorry, uh, just shoot 25% from three. They would have 24 offensive rebounds, which was a decent factor for them. That kept them relatively in the game, uh, but they would give up 19 turnovers, which was just unacceptable, was not going to win them the game. And off uh, Arkansas would end up forcing 11 steals as well. And overall, it was a sloppy game from Auburn. Uh, they would have 28 personal fouls. Like I said, Houston was suffered back to back, well, sorry, yeah, pretty much back to back losses last week as well. Uh, We did talk about uh, the Memphis game, but they would also lose to SMU as well, 85 to 83. SMU is currently 17 and 5. SMU would actually shoot 52% from three in that game Wednesday night. They also forced 14 turnovers. Houston will start off with the guns blazing, outscoring outscoring SMU 51 um, to 40. In the in the first half, but things would flip and the Mustangs would pretty much end up dominating the second half uh, with an advantage of 45 to 32. So things things flipped in that one. Uh, I don't know exactly uh, what to say about Houston. I did see the the, the game with Memphis. Um, it just seemed to be. You know, not all the I don't know. I mean, uh, it, not so much that things weren't falling for Houston in, in terms of their shots. But, you know, the other team was able to score pretty easily on them, too. So it was just kind of just back and forth. And both of these games seem to be like to me, um, you know, SMU was allowed to shoot for 52 percent from three. That ain't good. That's a that's a, I mean, threes are better than two. So if you converting on 50 percent of those. Uh, You know, every shot you take, you're pretty much going to be up. (laughs) So it wasn't a good look for Houston. They got to find some way to kind of shore themselves up uh, defensively. Uh, They're going to close out the regular season as the AAC, or the American Athletic Conference champion. Again, more on that in just a little bit. We have some more upsets on Wednesday. It was like an upset mania. We had number 16 Ohio State losing to guess who? Rutgers again, give them some love. Uh, we have number 25 Xavier at the time, they will lose to Satan Hall. Bam! They're out the rankings. And then we also, of course, had uh, you know, Texas Tech, they take an L last week to Oklahoma 55 to 70. Texas Tech. Uh, Their leading scorer in that game was Kevin McCullough. The guard would just score 12 points. They would end up shooting 39% from the field, 2 of 17 from 3. Defensively, they gave up 13-3 to Oklahoma and was outscored 45-25 in the second half. No bueno. And then we also have Purdue. They also suffered two upset losses last week. Of course, they ended up losing to Maryland, but they also will lose to Michigan on Thursday. Blown out, 58-82 on the road. Michigan will pretty much score at will. They pretty much scored at will, making 51% of their shots. They made 12 threes on Purdue. Ah, man, that was not a good game. Purdue could not keep up. They were outscored 44-29 uh, to 29 in the second. Uh, they made, uh, sorry, Michigan would make 32 of their field goals, attempts. Uh, for Iowa, they would only, sorry, not Iowa. For Purdue, they only made 22. 22 buckets. 32 buckets. It's that it's that simple. And at the end of the day, you know what? Purdue took another L. I don't know why they rank so high. I really don't know why they rank so high. Anyway, we're gonna move on to these conference standings. Like I said, we're gonna be breaking down all the well, all the conferences that are represented by the teams in the top 25. I'm not going to go through the Atlantic 10 right now. If you want me to, you better send a special request. I'm not going through the Patriot League. No, it ain't going to happen. I can't, I'm can't. i not going through the Atlantic Sun or the Southland. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If they're not in the top 25, it's just too much. There's so, so many teams in college basketball. I'm not crazy. I'm not going to burn myself out like that. But anyways, let's start off with the SEC course, uh, the number one team in this conference is Auburn, 11 and 1 currently on the year. Uh, We also have Kentucky right behind them at 10 and 2. Of course, 21 and 4 overall, 6 wins in a row for them. They're currently 10th in the nation is scoring with 81 points a game they're also seventh uh, in terms of offensive rating. of course this is nationwide with a 114.8 rating here they're also sh- uh, sh- uh, the first in the conference in shooting excuse me shooting at 47.7 percent so almost 50 percent there they're also first in three-point percentage so they can spread you out they can just score in general uh, this squ- uh, this squad in particular is led by Ford uh, transfer from West Virginia mind you Oscar Toshiboy, 16 points for him, over 16 points from him, over 15 rebounds. He's also averaging a block and two steals per game. So a really solid uh, mix on this squad. Behind them, we have Tennessee at 9-3, and 18-6, four wins in a row, seven straight wins overall against SEC opponents this season. Uh, they have the t- oh, one one bad thing to say. Well, not to say, I don't want to say it like that. Like it's, it's you know, but it's just a negative thing right now because, you know, it's serious. It's a serious issue. Uh, they are losing their top rebounder, Junior Ford Olivier Nakamura. Uh, he will need a season ending an- uh, ankle injury. He's currently averaging over five rebounds. Again, again, he's the top rebounder on the team. He's actually the third leading scorer on this squad right now. Time will tell what happens with Tennessee, but they seem to be doing okay, but you never know. Uh, up behind them, we have Arkansas, nineteen and six. Their last game, despite getting a upset win against Auburn earlier in the week, they will end up taking the loss that they didn't need, sixty-seven to sixty-eight at Bama. They're currently third, three and three on the road. Excuse me, and fourteen and two at home. And I have an interesting fact to share with you about this conference in particular when we get to the end. Uh, this one. Now in the middle of the pack, we have LSU. Uh, they're six and six. Alabama, 6-6 six and six as well. They both suffer back-to-back losses. Uh, we also got Florida here, 6-6. Six and six. Funny thing about this is that all three of these teams are 2-5 and five on the road, and yet they're in the mix. Not necessarily just for the title, the conference title. Not necessarily so, so much for the conference title, but a, a playoff spot. So that's very interesting. A couple bottom dwellers, well, a few bottom dwellers, because this is a pretty big conference. We have Mississippi State. They've lost three games in a row. Zero and six on a row versus the SEC. However, there's some positive things to say about this team. They're fifth in the conference in scoring. Uh they're third in shooting. Uh shooting at fifty three percent. Over fifty three percent. They're also but they are fourteenth in three point shooting, just twenty seven percent. So again, we see kind of, you know, where they're where they're lacking. They're also 11th in field goal percentage allowed. So teams are scoring pretty, pretty hand, pretty easily on this team. Uh, they're allowing a 44, 44.5%. Uh, they're they're not they also ninth in points allowed with 71.6. So again, offensively they're okay, but they're they're not that good at all defensively. Let's keep it real here. Yeah, South Carolina here at 5-7. Vanderbilt at 5-7 in conference play as well. Missouri is 4-7. We have Texas A&M here. Eight losses in a row. 4-7 and seven in conference play. Ole Miss and Georgia round out the bottom. Uh, Georgia's five uh, five loss in a row. We already talked about their uh, coach last week, Tom Crean. He's pretty much on the hot seat. He's probably not even going to make it through another year. Let's keep it real here. Anyways, fun fact about the SEC. Only the top three teams in the conference, Auburn, Kentucky and Tennessee, have a winning record on the road. Georgia of course has a worst at zero and seven. Every team except for Georgia has a winning record at home. So a lot of, okay so except for you know the top three, nobody can win on the road yet they all can beat you when you come to their house. That's, that's weird as hell. Auburn does have the best record at home with seven and one. Moving on, let's head out to the West Coast, to the West Coast Conference, to be exact. We have Gonzaga here on top, 10-0 in conference play. 14 wins in a row so far. Uh, freshman uh, center, Chet Holmgren, uh, he's the story of this year for this uh, for this team. Uh, projected first-round pick, uh, 14.5 points per game. He's averaging so far over nine rebounds. He also averages about two assists. Recently, over the past week or so, he's been Upping that up to 19 points per game, over 19 points per game, over 11 rebounds, and also he's getting three blocks a game. He's also shooting at about 63.7 uh, percent, 46 percent from three. And over the last week, uh, he's actually uh, went 21 to 27 in his last few games. Also went 14 to 23 from three. So all that is is improving. Uh, they're definitely looking. Teams are definitely looking to take him you know, we're in draft, you know, again. Um, I haven't seen too much of the man play, but really, uh, for the most part, offensively, really, you know, I would say adept at skills, at his skills. He's the number one. He was the number one recruit in the nation at a high school. He actually currently leads the nation in defensive rating at 78.1. Uh, St. Mary's uh, is the next team up here, eight and three in conference. Uh, we have USF, aka San Francisco, twenty-one and six overall, back-to-back wins for them. They're third in the conference and shooting at thirty-one, sorry, fifty-one percent. Uh, second in scoring at over seventy-eight points per game. Third in points per la- points allowed, so they're a pretty decent defense, giving up 67 points per game. When you're play playing teams like Stanford, you just put up almost 80 a game. You know, that's what it is. Uh, they're second in the conference in blocks, first in steals. Uh, this team is led by uh, senior guard uh, Jamare Bouye, straight out of Salinas. 17.9 points per game, over five rebounds, also over three assists. we also getting help from senior forward Yawin. Masaki, uh, out of Minsk, Belarus, aka the Gymnasium Number Fifteen. Now this is on college basketball reference. Don't think about don't don't think that I'm crazy saying he came from Gymnasium Number Fifteen. That's what it says, Minsk, Belarus, and they said Gymnasium Number Fifteen. Like they just they just birthed basketball players in the Gymnasium. That's how it sounds. I'm not crazy. Look it up. College, college basketball reference. I'm not crazy. Gymnasium number 15 in Belarus. Don't don't make fun of me. Middle of the road. We got Santa Clara, BYU. They're 75. Santa Clara is uh, seven four in conference play. Uh, for BYU, like I said, they're 75 back-to-back Ws for them, including a 91 to 85 win at Pepperdine. Uh, they were led by their uh, top scorer Alex Barcelo. 33 points from him. We also got 14 points from Ford Caleb Lon- uh, Loner, 14 points, two assists, and four rebounds. Uh, we also got four players in that uh, in that game scoring in double digits. So uh, a lot of offensive firepower for BYU. I, you know, of course at this point, I it, it hasn't been enough necessary to take this conference. But um, with the win against Pepperdine, I'm under the understanding that they're still at least in the mix. Force, uh, for a Playoff seed so we'll see What happens uh, we have San Diego here at 7 and 6 and At the bottom of the conference we have Portland At 4 and 6 Pacific At 2 and 8 Loyola Marymount At 2 and 9 and Pepperdine Of course at 2 and 11 so that was a very Ugly game uh, For BYU <laughs> I don't know why you needed to Yeah I don't know why you gave up 85 points to Pepperdine I don't look good I'm just I'm just keeping it real. Uh up next we're gonna go to the Big Ten. We have Illinois here at eleven and three. Uh, we have Purdue at eleven and four. Wisconsin is ten and four. They are ninth in the confidence scoring. Uh, they are seventh in shooting uh percentage. They are also second in uh total points scored with nine hundred and seventy six. So they can score. Um it's just it's, it's just not on a consistent basis. Uh they are seventh in points allowed, so uh, they're allowing and scoring about the same amount of points. It's a weird situation. They're eleventh in the conference in total points allowed with nine hundred and sixty-seven. So they've given up nine hundred and sixty-seven total points. They've scored nine hundred and seventy-six. The way that's the way it go. But they do have wins over Purdue, Ohio State, and Michigan State. So even let's say if they don't. Pull it off in terms of a regular season t- uh, title. Uh, maybe you know, even if they end up in and con- losing uh, in the conference tournament for the, for the con- uh, the conference tournament, they they still should be able to hold on to a spot for the playoff just because they have these three significant wins. So you know, they don't look so bad. But again, their defense ain't that good either. So. One of those type of teams we have michigan state here at nine and four we have ohio state eight and five rutgers is nine and five three wins in a row big w's over michigan state and wisconsin of course uh they are led by ron harper jr 15 points per game six rebounds fifth uh this team is fifth in the conference in shooting at 44 percent they also second in points allowed which is 66 so again you know, records in the mix, you never know. I mean, this team could pull it off. I definitely think they're, they're in a dark horse for that conference tournament. And with wins over Michigan State and Wisconsin, I think they've earned a spot in the playoff as well. Let's move on to the mid of this conference. We have Iowa at 7-6, and 17-7 overall, three wins in a row. This is their first time above five hundred versus the conference this whole season. Uh, their last game was a W versus Nebraska. Nebraska sucks, so doesn't really matter. 98 to 75. Keegan Murray will get you 37 points in his in this game. It's a career high from them from him. Uh, 12 points. Uh, pretty much, um, Yeah, had 12 points early in the game for the Hawkeyes when they went on a 15 to 0 run relatively within the first few minutes. He would also had 24 by the end of the first half. Uh, in total. Arkansas would end up, sorry, Arkansas, wow, Iowa. <laughs> Iowa would end up scoring 53 points in the first half. So they were just balling. But like I said, Nebraska sucks, so it is what it is. Uh, Michigan, 7-6, Indiana, 7-7. Seven seven. Uh, let's, let's take a look at the bottom bottom dwellers here. We have uh, Northwestern at 5-9, Penn State is 4-9, and nine. Uh, three straight losses for them. We have Minnesota at 3 and 10. Maryland at 3 and 11. Nebraska is 1 and 13 here, 7 and 7, 17 overall. They're giving up 68. They're only scoring 68 points per game. They're giving up 81. Not a good look. Nebraska, y'all got to get it together. Y'all suck at football and basketball. Make it make sense. Let's move on to the American Athletic Conference. Houston uh, is coming into this uh, week with back-to-back loss. Of course, we talked about those. SMU is right behind them. Uh, They're on the reverse with back-to-back Ws. They're 9-2 in conference play as well. Memphis is riding a five-game winning streak, 8-4 in conference play. First in the conference in scoring. Almost 76 points per game. They're first in shooting, almost uh, 47%. They're also second in the conference in assists. They're first in the conference in rebounds, second in steals, second in blocks. Uh, as far as who's helping this team out, uh, we do have a freshman center here, Jalen Duran, 11 points uh, for him, 7 rebounds. Freshman forward Imani Bates, 10 10 uh, points, 3 rebounds from him. So you are getting that freshman production. And the important thing is you have a veteran uh, veteran contributing as well with senior forward DeAndre Williams. Over 11 points from him, 5 rebounds from him as well. Uh, the biggest thing about this squad right now is that they are also first in the conference in the turnovers. They give up about 15 of those a game. Not a good sign for you know postseason play, whether or not it's... Whether, whether it's a conference tournament or, of course, the major tournament. Turnovers, you don't need those. Memphis needs to control that. And uh, they might be able to find their way to a regular season conference title. I think so. We have Tulane here, 8-5. and five. Let's move on to the middle of the pack of this conference. We have Cincinnati at 6-5. and five, Temple is 6-5 and five in conference play as well. UC, uh, UCF, a.k.a. Central Florida, is 6-6. Six 14-8 six, overall. Uh, they are 6 in the conference in points allowed, 68.6. Uh, they're only scoring about 66 points per game. Uh, that's, they're 6 in the conference in rebounds, so really a mid-tier team in all in all, you know projections. Uh, they're also second in the conference in turnovers. So again, something going against its team as well. They're giving up 14 turnovers a game. That doesn't. That's not going to win you games. That's gonna. That's gonna put you in a very. That's gonna put you in a in a hard position to win games, and a lot of times you're gonna lose. Let's just keep it real here. Behind them, we have Michigan, Uh, sorry, Wichita State. This is we have the the bottom. We have the bottom bottom dwellers now. Wichita State is 4 and 6, ECU is 3 and 8. The last game was a loss 66 to 80 versus SMU. Their leading scorer in that game was guard Tristan Newton who would get you 19 points, 5 assists and 5 rebounds, but they were held to just 37% shooting, 27% from 3, blown out 47 47 to 36 in the second half and they gave up 13 turnovers. So, um ECU another bad year for them as well. Uh, South Florida is 2 and 9 and Tulsa is 2 and 10 uh, we are going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll be finished breaking them, breaking down these conference uh, standings and then like I said we'll get into a special little story that I have waiting for you guys about your boy Mr. Dave Chappelle so y'all stay tuned Yo. if I make it to heaven I hope they still drinking bro I hope I get to see Nick Me and him have a few, talk about 96, the shit that y'all never knew, when we was still in polo, then wear it up to the school, hell nah we wasn't broke, we just acted a fool, shirt tucked in our jeans, we just thought it looked cool, you can say what you want, but that don't make it the truth. When it's 91 outside, outside. better 69 in my coat. The AC blowing strong. strong. And we smoking that O. Her homegirl looking good. Yeah. yeah, I'm scoping that too. All right, y'all. We are back. We are going to wrap up these conference standings. Uh, let's get into the Pac 12. Arizona, of course, is on top. Uh, they're pretty, ranked pretty high as well in the national rankings. 12 1 in conference play. We have USC here in second place at 10-4. Oregon uh, with a win last night against Washington State. Uh, final score there, 62-59. to 59. Uh, They pretty much moved in the, into the second place spot as well. Uh, in that game, uh, the Ducks were led by guard Davian Harmon and center Infale Dante. They both end up getting 13 points uh, for Washington State. Uh, Brandon, sorry, Michael Flowers would be the leading scorer for both teams with 23 points, 3 assists, and 5 rebounds. Now, <clears throat> this was pretty much a game of two halves. Uh, pretty much now, Oregon would get the hot, hot start in the first half, 35 to 29, but things will reverse, and the Ducks would fail to even score 30 in the second half to score uh, 27. Now, overall, I think the Ducks will shoot about forty percent. No, yeah, about forty percent in that game. Uh, Washington State was held to thirty. So again, that first half was enough to kind of push the Ducks, but they were definitely pushed to the limit. They also gave up twelve turnovers and damn near gave away the game. So that's not how you want to look, particularly when you are looking for a tournament spot. Uh, but again, ten and four, I think at this point, I don't think they can can get the Pac-12 regular season title but who knows what happens in the tournament but overall uh, they are second in the conference in scoring 74.9 points sorry 74.9 points per game so almost 75 pretty much uh, second uh, in shooting in the conference uh, 45% and and again second in the three point department at 35% so they can score pretty well it just didn't seem to show up last night uh, but again they played solid enough Defense. Uh, They only give up about 68 points a game. Uh, In this one, uh, they ended up just giving up 59, which was enough to, you know, get the job done. They're second in the conference in steals, also six in field goals allowed. So again, teams can score on them, but it looks like probably, you know, the more offensive powerhouses, powerhouses, it seems like, you know, Arizona's, uh, USC. Uh, I think we do have a one against UCLA, but generally better offensive teams seem to be able to score on us they're also ninth in the conference in rebounds, so that's an area of improvement for them as well moving on we got um, ucla at nine and four uh they took a loss recently we talked about that. We have Washington here, and they are eight and five. Washington State here is seven and six with that loss last night. And then we have Stanford here. That last game was a W. Uh, they got that seventy-six to sixty-five at Oregon State in that game. They were led by Ford Harrison. Uh, I think Harrison Ingram, 16 points from him, nine assists and six rebounds. Spencer Jones, their other forward will get 15 points and eight rebounds. They even got, uh, 15, sorry, 14 points for Jordan DeLair. So all forwards, all action from Stanford, uh, they get it done offensively. They shoot almost 60% from the field, from the field. Uh, they also get 34 rebounds and, but they will give up 16 turnovers. God damn. These teams give up the ball a lot. Um, that's not good. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell y'all that teams are taking advantage of that. I'm just I'm just saying I don't you don't wanna to give too you know, too many of these offensive cause you I mean, let's say you're matched up against Gonzaga or something like that. They score too many points for you to give up, you know you know turnovers like that. And those teams score well off of turnovers. So no and we talked about some of the teams in the SEC they they kind of some of those teams feast off those type of things so if you're going to be going to the tournament you gotta be aware that you're going to be matched up against those teams and this type of play ain't going to work Stanford and same thing with Oregon double digit turnovers ain't going to help y'all win the games Colorado 7-7 they're in the mid pack right now back to back W's though uh, they're averaging 60 sorry 68 points per game they're giving up 69 so again there you go it just seems like when they play the other mid-pack or the lower, the bottom dwellers, they seem to do all right, but they can't beat the top echelon teams right now in the conference. That's what it seems like, and they give a lot of, a lot more points in those games. Mid-tier team in terms of these stats as well. 7th in the conference and shooting at 45%, six in rebounds. Uh, they do force some turnovers, uh, almost 12 at 118 <clears throat> Now, they're also fourth in total three-pointers made, so they can shoot well to an extent. They made 101. Uh, that, Like I said, that's fourth place in the conference. And offensively, they're led by sophomore forward Jabari Walker, 14 points per game, uh, per game from him, and also nine rebounds. Let's take a look at the bottom dwellers, of course. We can run through this real quick. Arizona State, uh, they haven't really done it this year under Bobby Hurley. I don't see. I don't understand why he wouldn't be on a hot seat at some point as well. Four and nine this play this year in conference play so far, and eight and fifteen overall. We have Cal here struggling as well. Utah, uh, two and fifteen. Cal is four and eleven. <clears throat> Oregon State at the bottom of the uh, at the bottom of the barrel completely. One and eleven. Nine losses in a row. I don't know what to make of it. I'm not even going to discuss this team right now for for personal reasons, but first of all, they my rival, and second of all, they just trash. We can argue, there's no argument to be had, nine losses in a row, there's no excuse. Uh, we don't talk about beavers, we just make pelts when it's Civil War time. I said it, you uh, yeah, fuck the beavers. Anyways. Ohio Valley Conference, Murray State is 14-0, 14 wins in a row. What's funny is that uh, my partner for his for my, one of my best partners for his work, he travels a lot. He recently he went to Murray State. And what's cool. Is as soon as he went there, like as soon as they he showed up, like maybe as soon as I know where they got ranked in the top 25. I'm like, oh, that's what's up. That's dope. I was what's up. But anyways, Murray State is dominant. We've talked about them before. They're in the top 25 as we speak. And uh, potently, I mean, they're an offensive potent powerhouse. We've already mentioned all these things, but let's move on to Belmont. They're 12-2, 22-5 overall. This is probably this Murray State's team's biggest threat to some extent this year, Um, particularly going down the stretch, stretch. Belmont is coming in with eight wins in a row, They're also 13th in the nation in scoring, 13th in the nation in scoring with 80 points per game, almost 81. Now, they're first in the conference in shooting at almost 50%. Uh, They're also first in the conference in assists with 19, uh, over 19 a game, so they pass the ball really well. They're third in points allowed, so they're pretty good defensively uh, as well, which is uh, 66 points per game. But again, we got Murray State. Uh, you got a couple other teams in this conference that just score a lot of points. So, again, 66, that might seem mm, mad at some people, but I think relative to, you know, just how, you know, just how offensively focused a lot of these teams are, particularly in this conference, and how they try to score, you know, 66 points, that's that's good enough for third, at least in this conference. They're first in the conference in steals, fourth in blocks. Uh, they're giving up the fourth the fourth lowest field goal. Uh, percentage. So, again, they're, they're doing things right defensively, you know. Uh, we also have Moorhead State here at 11-3. and three. Uh, Real solid team as well. I think a team that might have a shot at a tournament spot as well, I would have to see uh, exactly, you know, where they start putting these people. Well, uh, putting these teams, excuse me, because, you know, it's all, man... The, the metrics that they use and the, the computers and the system that they, I don't even, you know, I just kind of take it for what it's worth and I kind of match it with what I've been watching personally myself and what I've been seeing within the stats. And I try to say, Hey, I agree with that or I don't agree with that. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily take ESP and verbatim and all them cats verbatim. I, again, even with the selection, you know, committee for college football, I really don't could not tell you the type of metrics that they use, other than popularity and so on and so forth so anyways with that being said we're just going to move to the mid pack of this conference with the south with southeast missouri with at six and seven and austin p at six and eight now we're down to the bottom with tennessee state at five and nine tennessee martin at four and ten southern illinois at three and ten and eastern illinois at three and ten as well Let's move on to the Mountain West. We're gonna wrap these th- wrap everything up here. Uh, we have Wyoming, first place team. Of course, we talked about them top twenty-five recently. So, uh, on the right track, uh, I suppose as long as they win out in their conference, uh, they maintain a top twenty-five position. I think even even you know just appearing on the top twenty-five should be good enough for them, given that they win at least their conference. Or a regular season uh, tournament for the uh, regular season title for the for the conference. Excuse me, and then um, whatever happens in the conference tournament, you know whatever. But again, they should be. I don't want to say a lock, but I think you know definitely for this conference. I think one of the teams you're looking for in terms of who's probably going to be going. uh, There's possibly two teams, maybe three that could go, but. I know for a fact, like I said, as long as Wyoming holds on to the regular season side of things and wins out in the conference, they should be going. Uh, like, like, the, anyways. With that being said, they're ten and one in the Mountain West. Uh, right behind them, we have Boise, ten and two in conference play, nineteen and six overall. So they're pretty close as well. Uh, they recently had a big matchup against um, Boise. I'm sorry, Colorado State, where they came up just a little bit short, seventy-seven to seventy-four it needed to go to overtime so it was a good game either way but two teams, I think these are one of the two teams that could possibly go along with Wyoming uh, to the uh, the big stage come March. But for Colorado State in that game, they were led by Chandler Jacobs. Uh, he had 16.7 rebounds. Uh, we also got guard Isaiah Stevens with 14 points, 5 assists, and also 4 rebounds. For Boise State, uh, they got help from their guards Mark, sorry, Max Rice and Marcus uh, Shaver. Uh, they will both get 17 points. Shaver will get 5 assists and five rebounds as well. And Tyson uh, Began Began Hart will get 16 points, two uh, two assists, and four rebounds. So again, a good game played by both sides. One of those overtime games. Uh, great basketball. I mean, I I mean, from what I was able to see myself, I thought it was a decent game played. We don't talk about you know Boise State and Colorado State in terms of football or basketball, but um, when a game like this catches my eye. I figure I'd have to, you know, say something. And both of these teams seem, seem to be pretty pretty decent this year. Uh, Colorado State is 10-3 and 3, uh, in conference play. They're 23 overall, so that says what all their losses have come in conference play. So either Colorado State ain't that great or the conference is better than what we kind of projected. I'm going to go along the line with, particularly with Wyoming being, you know, a, a ranked team right now. Um, they have 20-plus wins. We also have Boise State pushing 20 wins right now. I'm just going to say the conference is just a little bit competent this year, more competent than it's been, you know, in previous years. So – um for Colorado State like I said they're 23 overall, four wins in a row. They're third in the conference and scoring with 71 points per game, fourth in the conference in assists with 13. Uh they are le- 11th in turnovers. So uh 9.8. So they're not giving up giving up a lot of turnovers. They hold on to the ball. They uh um, pretty much, you know, they they hold on to the ball and guess what it leads to? They scored the most points in the conference with 935. Uh, Offensively or just in, you know, in general this team is being headed by two junior guards. One of them being uh, David Roddy. I I believe it's a transfer. I I can't remember out of which school off the top of my head, but uh, 19 points per game for him. A little bit over 19 points per game. He's averaging right now uh, this season. Seven uh, seven in that seven over seven rebounds of course they put seven points something you know so just, i guess it's it's here to just tell us well he he could get eight in one game or nine in one game i get it whatever uh anyways over three assists as well uh in that last matchup against boise state he will put up 18.7 rebounds and three blocks so again a uh, really dominant player on both sides uh you know at least it, within this conference we also got guard isaiah stevens Averaging over 15 points per game, three rebounds, and also almost almost five assists. Uh, behind them, we have San Diego State, of seven and three uh, in conference play. There, sorry, they have three wins in a row. Uh, we go to the mid of this conference. We have Fresno State, six and five, back to back losses. We have uh, at six and five, yeah. Back-to-back losses, really inconsistent. Same thing with UNLV. Uh, The running Rebels are 6-6 right now in conference play. Utah State is coming back off of back-to-back losses as well. They are 6-7 in conference play. Now we're at the bottom. We got Nevada here at 4-8. Air Force here at 3-9. New Mexico at 2-8. Again, nothing going on at this point. Uh, San Jose State 0-12. Again, nothing. Seven and seventeen overall, twelve game losing streak. The last game was an L course to Wyoming, fifty-two to seventy-four. Uh they got they were led by guard MJ, MJ Amy, excuse me, nineteen points from him. But they were pretty much blown out in the second half, forty one to twenty nine. That's your last that is your last place team in the conference. Nothing there. That's ooh, sad. Wow. Anyways, let's move on. We gonna wrap this up, and um, i I wanted to talk a little bit about Dave Chappelle, and this time, not even about his comedy or any jokes he said, or the backlash from the jokes that he said. This time, I feel like I have an issue. Well, I don't even have. I mean, it's not even that an issue that I have. Let me let me say it because it's not that serious, but it's just things that you see, and it's like, hmm. That reveals a lot about this person. and This is why I'm not mad because I kind of already, I I I felt like I've seen this person change through you know the the past couple years. Now we can sit there and you know we can praise him for what he we feel he's been open about or you know whatever. Even though we all talk about the same things in our you know comfort of our you know friends and our you know whatever our little spheres so i i don't i don't see again I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say this I, I i don't see what he's been saying as of late as to be that bold anyways but anyways he you know this, again this is not something that makes me angry because again it's something that again reveals it's not so much anger it's more like hmm it's a revelation about this person in a way or something that you learn You're like hmm so anyways in this little hometown yellow spring well now nah, i wouldn't even call it his hometown because he'll say he's from washington dc right but anyways the town that he living in right now yellow spring ohio you know all the way out there i don't know where the fuck that is some cornfield right you know far away from urban people right yeah uh-huh that's your boy ooh that's that's the man right uh-huh why he ain't got no house in like anyway anyway so long story short he lived out there in yellow spring and he took offense to some affordable housing plans to be or some type of re, you know development plans in his little neighborhood And would would included some little row houses multi-family homes i'm guessing you know apartments duplexes in town hall, even a public park, he said, no, that ain't for me, I'ma if y'all do that, I'm gonna pull my businesses out of here, and he was trying to open up a comedy club, by the way, oh, little Dave Chappelle comedy club, that's, that's all good, that's all, that's fine, so, 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 let me get this straight, certain people can't watch your comedy, is that what you're saying? I mean, because, I mean, you claim to be this, this man of the people, and that's how you came off in the beginning, like, yeah, I'm for everybody, I'm equal opportunity, right? It made me think about, you know, you know, the jokes that he would say about him being in poverty, or him being, so that joke about you going to the friend's house, and they had that good-ass dinner, was that a lie? It was funny, it's a funny lie, is that what I'm asking? Like, I mean, what is you, what is you saying here, like, is you too good? For certain types of people. Now I understand the connotations that come with low income people, I guess. Um, but that's that's y'all shit. Um I thought we were beyond trying to judge. I thought we were trying to provide opportunities for people. Huh. Okay. But I, I guess you don't want them type of people around your new your new class of people. Now let's say now, cause uh, now, cause what he might now, what his little spokesperson said, cause he ain't really say nothing about it, cause he knew what time of day it was when people really found out, when certain people found out about this. A lot of people go over there. He said what he said about certain people, so that makes me feel good. So that, so, so it's okay that that it's okay that he's against people getting homes and having a place to live because he's against certain people. He's a, he's trying to expose certain things right whatever bullshit that's what i'm talking about uh-huh and all that idolatry shit that's why i gotta call it out every time it comes across me the man first of all he sent a little spokesperson now i don't know if he gonna say something i haven't heard nothing And when he does i'd i'd like to hear it because he seems to have so much to say about how people feel right since he but he don't give a fuck right he gonna say well his po- spokeswoman gonna say oh he he don't want you know those cookie cutter developments around and the their poor quality, but guess what the the developer's gonna do the same thing with the single family unit same cookie cutter bullshit, so what was your excuse now we you knew that though." But you don't like certain types of people, huh? And not just about—it's not about race, Mister Dave. I know. I—we're not. I'm not dumb, of course, of course. It's about oh, i am a little bit better, so I—I I don't think I need to be around these people. Why they get this? Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. I got you. I got you, brother. I can read past that bullshit. So I didn't buy into the hype. Sorry. I know. I know, oh the closer was the greatest thing I bet it was, but I'm not supporting it Because I I know he's More than what he's saying There's some layers To this motherfucker I'm telling you, he's a red pill Motherfucker, like I said, we don't pop pills. We don't do red pill, blue pill here I'm not the one to play that with I'm not gonna tell you to fuck With Trump and them, oh cause Democrats Was this, I know they all racist Now motherfucker, what's up I keep trying to tell you you keep falling through the idolatry. Oh red pill this. No, we don't do that. That's why we got opiates out there any and motherfuckers uh, are strung out now. We don't fuck with that concept here. No. Fam. This man, that's sell out type of mindset. I'm sorry, I'm gonna call it out like I s like I see it. Now people can say what they want. Oh what? You hating because it's yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. But y'all want to promote the struggle. Y'all want to joke about it. So what is it gonna? What y'all gonna do? Y'all gonna help it? Y'all gonna do? What y'all gonna do? Y'all gonna joke about it and make money off it in the comedy? Or what's up? First of all, first of all, why you ain't got no comedy club in D.C. since that's your city? That's where you really from, right? Or you raised in Silver Spring, right? You went to Duke Ellington. Why you ain't make another comedy club there where some brothers and shit is at. And some sisters and shit is at. you got it all the way out in Ohio. Okay. Yellow Spring. Alright. Well, that's your man. And mind you, it's, it's diverse to the extent of there's a bunch of white people and there's some black people. Mind you, I didn't see a whole lot of black people at that town hall meeting when Deja Pell was, I do want want this. And it's a quaint little village of about almost 4,000 people that were occupied, that was occupied a long time ago by Native Americans and they then killed them and stole the land off from them anyway. Ha! Ain't that about something? That's why it don't surprise me. Anyway, y'all go ahead and decide between red pill, blue pill, and he got these motherfuckers They call themselves doomers Now they talking about They want the black pill Y'all weird What is this What is this about mm-hmm. We need to change The way we look at these people Y'all They're, Look he's a comedian That's it I don't think he has better values Or says anything more poignant Than any father figure I've ever considered to have in my life and Of course my dad And my grandfather The outside of them, Whoever else You know I'm sorry. There's nothing more profound. He's saying nothing more profound than I've ever heard. Matter of fact, I've had more poignant conversations with my, my direct peers. I'm sorry. He's not saying anything worthwhile. And then when it, when it all comes out in terms of his actions and how he truly feels about people, it shows up. This is it. So I don't care about the comedy. I can read all past that. la da 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 He's funny. Aha! ha Clap and make a joke. Make a little... Make your little checks with little Netflix, and you know, complain when you you get counsel for this and that because again, they got you along the stream. If you wanted to use your power or you use whatever you made, you know, to to really finance yourself and really put yourself out to really call your own shots, you and many other brothers and sisters could do it, but y'all choose to work within the corporations and the Netflixes and the TV stations and whoever, record labels, and then you come out and tell us, oh, well, they trying to, yeah, you promote the victim narrative, while are you making millions of dollars, I ain't buying it, and then you turn around, you do bullshit like this, that's, that proves you out of touch with really who liked you, who liked you from the get go, because a lot of your fans was low income for the longest, particularly in the beginning, particularly Chappelle show people. Don't don't let the demographics what Comedy Central told you. Shit. We all like that. All of them motherfuckers like that shit. So don't come on now, you playing you know, y'all playing yourself. People be selling out sometimes. And y'all don't want to call it like it is. That mentality right there, it's hard to be a fan of somebody like that. I just gotta be honest with you. Anyways, I'm gonna call it a rapper today. Um uh, or tonight whenever you're listening to this uh anyways i'll leave my links available for you guys of course like i said i got some stuff to be working on um i think the most thing i think well i think the most pertinent thing i wanted to get out was the uh the cj McCollum trade i definitely need to get that out it's a relatively new story hot story let's just get th- i just want to get that out uh and then we'll, like i said in a i think in a few more days we'll be able to put out the oregon video I don't want to put a definite uh time stamp on that cuz it's just a lot it, it's it's taking a lot it's taking a lot of energy to do it. and don't get me wrong it's just I I want to have the the best project with that per se because that's you know so much love with that team and I just want to make you know I'm a perfectionist in certain ways so that's that's taking me a while but again we'll have some uh new YouTube content pretty soon with the CJ McConnell trade. my reaction to that uh, we also got some more business to handle here. Of course, we'll be breaking down some more college basketball, getting ready for uh, pretty much everything uh, postseason-wise, conference tournaments. Uh, pretty much, kind of predicting who's gonna win these regular season uh, conference, you know, conferences, and we'll go from there. I'm preparing for March Madness, pretty much. Uh, there's a rumor that baseball might be starting soon. I gotta verify that. I don't know. I'm just going to be, I don't, I, I don't know y'all about that. Um, whatever football news or drama comes up, we'll, of course, we'll discuss that. Of course, anything on the national scene, uh, any updates between Ukraine and Russia, of course, that's going to be on tap as well. And uh, you know what it is. And anything you might want me to discuss, you know, feel free if you follow me uh, on social media. Um, I will be trying to expand there, too, when the time when get the extra time uh but uh let me know uh you know you can also hit me up i guess on youtube as well so just let me know if there's any topics you might want to hear about personally i don't mind talking about it here um anything content you might want to contribute that's fine as well so uh anyways like i said i believe the link's available and uh, if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you peace out we'll love and i'll highlight you guys later